What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. <laughs> Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. And welcome back to the A is for Alcoholic (laughs) podcast. We're here again. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. My name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. And a chocoholic. (laughs) I'm a chocoholic, too. I, uh, well, I like peanut butter myself. Yeah, I don't really like chocolate. It just sounded funny. Um... But yeah, sugar has been been bugging me lately. I don't know. I've been getting these weird cravings for like chocolate and peanut butter and stuff like that, and trying not to give in to them. And I went, dude. I, yeah, my I wife's mean, friend gave us a cake, right? Mm-hmm. And it's sitting in the fridge, and I ate a piece of it yesterday. And then today, my brain was like, "Yo, fuck up some of that cake." And I'm like, "No, dude." Right. And my brain's like, "Yo, get on it." And I was like, "You know no. what, brain? F- fuck you." And I ate an apple. Uh-huh. Did that help? And I still wanted cake. Or, no. Yeah. I mean, I felt full, but I was like, damn, mm-hmm. that cake sounds so good. I haven't had any yet. Did I tell you I was in the grocery store looking at chocolate bars and I just kept looking at the calories and then I put one back and I I like I must have picked up every single one like Dude. Looking, and even the ones that were super dark like 90% and it was still right. the same calories as the one that yeah. was like 60% and just- Standing there sweating, nipples all hard. <laughs> Pretty much, dude. It was like, and I'm I'm following like healthy vegan fucking Instagram feeds dude. where they're like, take a sweet potato and put some almond butter in there with a pinch of sea salt. And I'm like, actually, that sounds pretty good. But what I really want is a fucking Reese's peanut butter cup. Right. Hey, anyway. Halloween's coming. It's prime <laughs> candy season right now, right? dude. Yeah, at least you don't have a kid, man. Ah, uh, so um. Sugar addiction is definitely uh, a, a big topic of alcoholics, um, myself included. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Not today. Um, real quick, go listen to our other podcasts, Gluten Is Not Your Problem, Rashida and John. Um, good stuff on both ends, different things. If you haven't heard them, go listen to them. And uh, quickly, I just want to share with you our sponsor, as always, is Green Camel Press. It's a company that I um, that I started with another friend of mine. We do design, we do illustration, we do animation, we do all kinds of stuff. Go check it out, greencamelpress.com. Send me an email, let me know what you think. Right, check us out on Instagram, on Facebook. We're everywhere and anywhere you need to be. Um, yeah, so yeah. today is the letter K. And K is uh, Jerry and I decided we're going to talk about keeping up with the Kardashians. Um, yeah, I'm dude. <laughs> Kylie, Katie, Karina, K- K- Crazy Kathy, <laughs> Crazy Kathy Kardashian. Is she one of yeah. them? Yeah, yeah. She um, cleans the pool. Um, no, no. K is for keeping 
keeping good company. Yeah. And um, Jerry actually suggested this one. And um, yeah. I think it's cool for a couple of reasons. One, um, our social... Our social interaction, where we get our, our so what what am I trying to say here? Our social scene, our social, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Our, our social, um, our peer group, our peer our, group, whatever. When sure. we're when we're drinking, um, mm-hmm. oftentimes, I mean, I can I can remember going to bars and seeing people and hanging out with people that I I didn't make plans to, right? It was just people that were there the same days that I would go there, and those yeah. were just like these bar friends and i'm sure you had a lot of them were bartenders too um but all of them mm-hmm. but those people you'd see and you'd be like hey what's up chuck or whatever and you kind of just hang out and probably drink too much and people i would never hang out with anywhere else and you know and just blather on about this that and the other and getting sober i know that my experience was a little bit different because it, i had kind of left a lot of those Peer groups and I was doing a great deal of drinking by myself um, yeah. but getting sober um, can be difficult with the people that you used to hang out with and the people who used to know you and the people you you would drink with you know um, I know that you've kind of been in the same area in the same space and you have the same social circle that was the phrase I was looking for Bam. Um, to a certain extent uh, that you did while you were drinking of course that's shifted and changed um, but you, um, you, you still see people kind of regularly that you, um, that you used to drink with, not at the bars, of course, but either through work or through other social functions. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. what would you say was like people's, um, reaction when you told them you were getting sober or people who were like you used to drink with? Oh um, man, I just ghosted. I didn't tell anybody shit. You know, but the thing is, when I, I when we thought of the keeping up with good company, I I, I really want to stress that I didn't don't necessarily think that the people I used to drink with were bad people. No, and that they were bad for me. They just, but uh, they were bad for me. Actually, was the word I was the phrase I was looking for. They weren't bad generally. They were just bad for me. And so I I, I remember that phenomenon of not drinking and people that I did drink with ghosting me back when they found out that I wasn't drinking, but I didn't make a proclamation or walk into a bar, my bar and be like, I'm done. And then walk out. I just stopped (laughs) going, you know, but I did run into people I knew who still drank. I'd run into them at parties. I mean, I went out to bars still in early sobriety and like hung out, you know, my, I would go see shows and Shit, man, mm-hmm. my brother-in-law used to work at the door at this barcade down here. It was a bar arcade, and I I had nothing to do, so I'd go and play bingo and drink fucking Red Bulls, like, and just sit in the bar. And I had a really good friend. Uh, she's still my good friend, and she was a barber, and she would sit with me because her boyfriend was the bartender there, and she didn't really drink very much either. She, I mean, I didn't drink at all, but she didn't drink very much, so she would, like, hang out with me. I was actually really grateful for that because... I, I needed some sense of normalcy. That that being said, like my technique is totally hot garbage. Like don't do that. Like don't go hang out in a bar when you get sober. That's awful. Like that was I did it. I think I I mean, I did it the way that worked for me. But it's not necessarily I'd imagine the correct way. Um, but I I 
I feel like navigating, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you mm-hmm. there, but I, f- I feel like just it's difficult to navigate these things, especially when you have really close relationships with people, like your spouse or significant other or close friends or family members, if they're all still drinking and some of them are active alcoholics, it's going to be a difficult thing. Do you know what I mean? It's going to be pretty fucking hard, you know? Yeah. But it's manageable. It can happen. It can be done, you know? I think... Um yes 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 it can i think i think it was important to me to find a community of people however you do that in whatever whatever groups you join um whether they're based around sobriety or based around something else um right Mm -hmm. i think that it was it was really important to meet people and to talk to people and to go like oh okay and oh what are you doing and i don't know whether it was like People would invite me to things like I, I didn't want to go to the car show or whatever, but it was nice to kind of, you know, meet people and talk to people who were not like, hey, let's just go to the bar and get fucked up. Right. Um, you know, and I didn't I didn't have too many friends here. And I, I really only have one friend in particular um, who still drinks and and I don't who I still see on a regular basis. Right. And mm-hmm. um, he's well, no. So it's just funny because it's it's the co-host of the other the other podcast, Gluten is not your problem. And so Walter and I, like our relationship, has shifted. Like I don't really bring up my sobriety with him. He knows about it. He knows that I'm in a program, a twelve-step program. He knows. Right. Um, he knows that I'm not going to drink. He doesn't ask me anymore. When we first, when I first stopped. He was like, are you sure? Like forever, ever? Like it was, it was pretty confusing to him. And it was, I mean, it was right. pretty confusing to me. <laughs> so yeah, dude. Yeah. But I feel like, and I didn't know this. I didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but um, I felt like our friendship was stronger than that. Now, when we do see each other, it is, it is at different hours. Like I don't go and meet up with him late in the evening if I know that he's been out or if they're going to some sort of party or festival or just going to dinner and like, hey, you want to meet us after dinner? I don't get those invitations anymore, but when I did, I declined them because I'd Mm -hmm. gone out a couple of times and it just wasn't as much fun for me. It wasn't fun for me anymore to sit there and watch people drink. And again, there's nothing wrong with them wanting to have a good time and hang out, but as we all remember those 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 hours go by and it's like people get a little bit sloppy and people get a little bit loose and their eyes get a little bit lazy and their speech gets a little bit slurred and i was like it's time for me to go so if you right. need to, mm-hmm. i'll drop you off at the next bar and uh but this is the last you know driving that i'm going to be doing and then i'm out of here so yeah. you know our one of the things is our our social interaction is mostly during the day and it's mostly like, let's go have lunch. Let's go do something during the day. Let's go do activities before those kind of those drinking hours come up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's one thing that I think, you know, he and I still have a good friendship and we still have a good relationship. We don't yeah. see each other the way that we used to, but also when I was drinking with him, like, I was very destructive, self-destructive. You were there, you know. Yeah, I drank with both of you a lot. Constantly, we were all together. And so like we would get as totally blitzed as humanly possible. And Mm -hmm. um, 
So like whatever else anybody else wants to do, that's fine. But I just had to kind of excuse myself from those situations. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I just, I know I'm more careful with the plans that I make with people I know who are, you know, gonna go out and drink. Um, so, and I don't know if you, you just, you don't get those invitations anymore. I don't think you did in the beginning necessarily. You know um, what I did get in the beginning though was mm -hmm. a lot of like, like I'd get a lot of like, oh, you're fucking boring now. I would get some of that or like, like I would have talking shit to you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The guys I worked with and shit, or I would have like a party. I'd like want to have a party and then have one of the guys be like, I'm not coming to your sober ass party, dude. It's fucking boring. And I'm like, my party's not going to be sober. Like you can drink at my party. I'll be the sober guy at my party, you know, like, mm -hmm. and if you get too fucked up, then I'm going to fuck with you. Like, that's funny <laughs> to me, you know, I, as long as you're not breaking my shit or being an asshole, like we're all good. You know, like if you start talking in circles at me, I'm just going to walk away from you anyway, you know? Yeah, but I don't really get I mean, I felt like I fell into the groove of it, you know, in early recovery. I think it's a lot more serious, you know, like it's uh, it's it's a lot more like you. I feel like I had not you, but I had to make my recovery my first priority over everybody. So if I was boring, well, fuck you, then I'm going to be boring because before I wasn't bored, I was fucking just terrified you know, so I'd rather be bored and than terrified, or I'd rather be boring than fucking terrifying. You know, well, so that early recovery was super fucking well, it's crucial. Just, it's not worth it for for you to like what you're gonna go. Oh well, you're somebody says you're boring, Jerry. You you fucking suck now. You should probably have a drink. You're like, well, I don't right. want to. I don't want to suck in this guy's mind. So I'm gonna ha I'm gonna get drunk. Right. Like that would be the that would be the absolute most you know ridiculous thing and i understand that like peer pressure is pretty heavy and it can be right especially even as an adult you don't have to be a teenager i mean we all fucking come we all fucking conform to peer pressure every day do you yeah. know what i mean i have to wear pants when i leave the house right you know what i'm saying like and i'm not talking about shorts like i just want to roll around in a european speedo but i'm not allowed to do that apparently i guess i am but you know you have to put a towel down on the bus <laughs> you maybe i don't know yeah um i don't know how that would go over at the bank what so we conform you? to those yeah. things around us regardless to peer pressure but but as adults you know so i i guess my point is like it's it's not even because you hear it as a, a common trope with like teenagers like don't conform to people don't conform to that peer pressure don't if your friends are drinking don't drink and you're like of course I'm going to fucking drink. It's what my friends do. We party. Like, mm -hmm. we get fucked up, you know? And, yeah, I decided to walk out of step with everybody and just mm -hmm. do my own thing, you know? And be like, this isn't working for me. This is all garbage, dude. I do think that, you know, like you said, making your recovery the number one priority was also something that I had to... I had to get serious with, like, real quick. And I, I've told the story about how I went out and... um Walter and I were at a bar and I knew the bartender and he slid this drink that he was working on at me and I took a straw oh, yeah. taste mm -hmm. like it was it was literally it was a reaction I didn't even think about it here try this drink and I took the straw taste and my whole body like lit up like it was on fire I bet and, and it was like yeah. oh yeah well you I know. always tell that story about you changing <laughs> out a keg and having the thing explode in your face and the beer get in your mouth yes. it's almost like you've been tested so many times <laughs> you know in early recovery I would think I would think um, man 
not even or sometimes even now i think man i hope part of me kind of hopes something bad will happen so i can drink and that fucked mm-hmm. up like it's back there really quietly and so there'd be this i'd elab- make this elaborate scenario where someone would break into the house with a gun and a pint of whiskey and be like, you need to drink this or I'm going to shoot everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like my brain would actually go to those, those false kind of scenarios in my head that would justify drinking. Absolutely, and, man. And you know, yeah. that's, that's never going to happen, you know, knock on wood, of course. But I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, what a weird yeah. home invasion. That'd be home the weirdest invasion home invasion. To you drink whiskey. <laughs> Just, like, yeah, that's the, yeah. that's the alcoholic part of you that wants that drink is like, well, then we could do it. Right. Right, because then there's your justification for it. I remember telling my my first my old sponsor, I was like, man, maybe when I get old, or if I had like a million dollars, or maybe when I get too old, I'll start drinking again. He's like, man, you just run through that million dollars in a fucking like four months, dude. And I'm like, oh, you're right. <laughs> you you know, know, the the thing is, if you had a if you had a million dollars, I mean, I don't know, Jerry, but if I I would say if I had a million dollars. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't run through the million dollars in four months, but I'd probably be fucking dead. Like if that was my plan, you know what I mean? Right, right. If I decided I was just going to fall off the wagon, I wouldn't even live long enough to go through the million dollars. And right. if I did, <laughs> I would be so sick and fucking in pain by the end of it. Yeah. You'd be paying for a new kidney, new gallbladder, mm-hmm. new fucking pancreas. Yeah. So those, oh, I mean, those are parts that also I think lies in tandem with the idea of these people around you giving you a justification to drink you know Mm -hmm. you gotta i i had to try to avoid all that you know yeah yeah um i you know another another piece of advice that's often given um is only go where you have business going so right uh, yeah that's the old school one right so that that's worked for me because i have had to and i've worked in bars as a bartender i've worked in restaurants as a server and so i'm always around it but there's been a couple times where I've been dropping things off or going somewhere and I go to a bar and um, and I have a purpose to be there. And it's like that little feeling is like, ooh, it would be nice to kind of just sit down. It's cool in here. It's dark, long mm-hmm. wood bar and it's sit on a stool and have a cold one. And and I just now I have to I have to follow that thought all the way to its conclusion. And then that's yeah. kind of where I go, OK, time for me to go now. Yeah, it's um, almost like an old Greek trap or something. Do you know what I mean? Like like some mythological trap where you go in there just to take a brief respite, a brief rest, and you just end up there for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the sirens or something. Like some, you know? some kind of um, something for mythology. Some yeah, yeah, exactly. Mythology. Yeah, some little alcove where they're like rest-weary traveler, have a mead, and then, <laughs> then you just fucking die, mm-hmm. you know? I think another cool thing, if you do have to, for some reason, frequent places that have alcohol, like say a lot of people in the music business will be going bar to bar to bar. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's totally acceptable to tell the bartender straight up right away, I don't drink. And um, most bartenders that I know these days will be very accommodating to that just because one less drunk person they have to babysit. I can tell you from my own personal experience, the better. Yeah. So I don't mind because there's going to be plenty of drunks spending plenty of money. Um, There's never a shortage of those. But so if somebody says, hey, man, I'm not drinking tonight. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll just keep you uh, in soda water. Or uh, do you want a uh, would you like a no (laughs) 
<laughs> What's a nojito? Is that just simple just, syrup and yeah. fucking mint? Yeah, basically. With a, like soda ginger water. ale or something? Yeah, exactly. Oh. So I'll be like, would you like that? That is fucking lame. That's, I know the I concept sounds delicious, right. but the idea, the name the is The name is no. terrible. I know. I know. Call it a brojito. A brojito. I put a little. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's just one of those things that, like, being up front with it and making friends with those people who are. Like making friends with a bartender is always good, even if you don't drink. Um, right. And finding, like, still to this day, like I try to look for things that are, um, uh, like things that are going on that don't require alcohol. Like, there's this really cool thing happening at the end of the month, and unfortunately, I'm I'm scheduled to work and I can't make it. It's on a weekend, but it was like some sober music festival. And my girlfriend, who's a performer, and oh, she uh, she's not performing, but she uh, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's really cool, because she's always, you know, one of the one of her biggest things is she'll go to these shows, and the people who are singing or playing are oftentimes so fucked up, or sometimes the DJs get a free bar tab, and she's always just like, I'm so tired of people being drunk and being high, and they can't really enjoy the music, and they can't do their job, and so reaching out and just even Googling that kind of stuff in your area is, I think really great and a great way to find just stuff to do right you know? because yeah i still love music i still like going to shows you know i just don't yeah. like all the mess that comes along with it sometimes i mean we live in a culture of distraction there's something out there to distract you you know what i mean <laughs> mm-hmm. that doesn't involve fucking 151 you mm-hmm. know like there are tons of things to do and if you're, I also believe like if, if, if you're inclined to be an introvert, there's a lot of online communities. There's so many, I've, we say this a lot during the podcast, but there's tons of resources other than the resource that John and I are using as far as connectivity, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's just the example that there are things out there in this world that are not fueled or revolve around alcohol, you know, that there's a bunch of shit out there that doesn't have to do with like worshiping at that fucking altar of alcohol. I put up little air quotes and I said mm-hmm. it, you know, but, but yeah, there's, I think most of society, what, what I maybe, maybe that's hyperbole, maybe not most of society. Cause we do live in a drinking culture, you know, it is pretty prevalent, but I would say most of society doesn't drink the way that you and I drank. I would there's, assume as much. There's a lot of people who are into, um, into video games into um any number of sports whether it be like seriously <laughs> yeah. i mean i'm just saying, no i know like, i know i not just, just i'm d- not thinking like super bowl bud light kind of stuff but you know oh, i laughed because i thought bowling and lawn darts but yeah <laughs> yes that well you know we used to joke that that was you know bowling was was a le- we always enjoyed the leisure sports because you could smoke and drink and eat fucking right. chicken fingers. shuffleboard and yeah mm-hmm. but um any of those things man like there's if you just Google sober activities, I'm sure something will come up, you know? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. The, the cynic in me is listening to this right now going, man, if I were like three weeks sober and these two guys in a podcast, <laughs> like you can go bowling or go to a movie. I'd be like, fuck, fuck you, you, dude. Losers. I'm dying over here. Like, yeah. you need to fucking go bowling. Like I just lost my best friend and lover. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, theoretically, like my family's fucking wants to cut out on me and, everybody fucking hates go bowling you know what i mean but Mm -hmm. but it's i don't know man it's kind of true though i mean there is shit you can do that doesn't i i talk about this a lot too when i first got sober my dad's like get sugar get a bag of jolly ranchers and eat as much sugar as you can and i was like i'm not trying to quit smoking here dude like 
this is life and death, dog. This mm-hmm. is the real shit, dad. You know, like, and, and then right. come to find out, yeah, I was pounding these sugar Red Bulls, you know, like mm-hmm. drinking like two or three of them in a day. Not even the Red Bulls, the fucking rock stars for the sugar content. It's these weird little things you hear that you're like, that would never work. That's ridiculous. And then you start doing these things and you're like, wow, this is actually kind of fucking working, you know? Well, like, yeah, it's just about finding the company. So you're right. I I, I don't know what the activity right. is. I don't know what the group is. I'm not. No, absolutely. To... It just made me laugh because yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> you as long as you've known me, I've been cynical about things. Mm-hmm. I've always been like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a good time fucking playing Magic the Gathering, John. You know, like <laughs> I've never played. But we but might. I... We might. I don't know. That may, might be our other podcast, dude. Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Um. Or is that what's the uh, what are the other card games? Pokemon. They still people still Yu-Gi-Oh. play Pokemon. Yu-Gi-Oh. Cribbage. Mm. I don't know any of that stuff. War. Uh, Euchre. Gin Rummy. Don't don't play Jim Rummy. <laughs> yeah. Start a bridge club. Um, you know, it's just I I think that. It's very there's an old Bill Hicks joke and he's talking about homelessness, right? And he says right. he's like, Man, it's not that fucking hard to be homeless. Like he he says, All you need is the right girl, the right bar, and the right friends, and you are well on your way. You know? Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. and it's so true. And his it, he wasn't necessarily talking about alcoholics and alcoholism in that joke particularly, but it's so true because I know that the company that I keep is going to dictate the way that I behave. Right. So if right. I go, if I keep going out with these people who are drinking and I don't drink, at some point I know myself well enough that I will eventually be like, oh, this is okay. This is normal. I could probably hang. I've been hanging all right. this time. I do this sober all the time, you know? Um, right. And, I, you know, we talk about like people ghosting. Are you ghosting people and the way that people come in and out of your life when when you quit? Sometimes people leave because of your drinking. Sometimes people leave because you quit drinking. Um, And, you know, another example is I used to get on the phone with a couple of friends. um, And um, one of them, you know, both of these people, uh, a guy and a girl who I used to uh, know in when I lived in Eugene many, many years ago. And now he lives on the East Coast and she still lives in Eugene. But we would get on the phone and we would just like do like have a we would just call. We would just talk and we would get drunk. We get so fucking hammered and just spend like two or three hours laughing and joking and telling old stories and talking about old times. And um, I never thought anything of it. And then I don't remember like hanging up like we were just right. We would all just black out on the phone. Right. Right. And so after I quit drinking, I had a few of these phone calls with them and um and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just, I can't listen to you tell me the same story over and over. And these are people I really care about and I love. And, you know, if they are listening, like, I really do. And, um, but I just couldn't listen to the, I, you know, it's the behavior. It's not the person, right? Right. And little by little, those those phone calls just stopped coming in. And now I don't hear from these people unless I, unless I reach out, you know? And, right. Um, which is sad, but also... I I can't be of service to them or anybody else if I continue that behavior that might lead me to want to have a drink. Right. And we we talk about putting that that recovery first so that I can be available and be of service should somebody need me and perhaps <clears throat> also, you know, like 
I can't tell anybody what to do. No. I can't I can't say hey not not really. <laughs> I mean I can, but I'm not gonna get the reception that I Yeah, they're not they're gonna I think yeah. that I want. Hey, you should be sober when you call me. They're gonna be like, No, we're just not gonna call you then. We're just and, gonna call each other. Yeah, basically. And so, mm. you know, it's um and it, but I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I I don't wanna try and have those conversations because they're not fun anymore. Nah. Right? But yeah, I love dude. these people, and so I mm-hmm. hope that in some way, my being sober, my, you know, is planting some sort of seed, and that perhaps one day I'll get a call and be like, "Hey, I need to talk to you about this," and I'll be like, "Right, I've been waiting for you." <laughs> you know, right. Um, so I'm always looking for situations with people who aren't, um, actively in al- you know, active alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Because I found those to be the most rewarding relationships, even if they're just brief. You know, people who are who are dependable and people who um, keep their promises. You know, stuff yeah. that I was I was incapable of doing when I was drinking. Right. Um, I've I've also noticed that you, as a person, like in your recovery, you've you you go inward now, which I think is really interesting. I think it's. I think it's like a another aspect of your personality. I've always said that though, like your personality you changed a lot um, mm. when you sobered up. But like I noticed that you do get very introspective now, whereas before everything was very outward and kind of pushing out against everything. And now you like run, and yeah. I walk. I mean, I walk and run, and I know that when I walk and run, even if I'm listening to a podcast or listening to music, I still think. Like I think a lot. I go inward. You know, it's one mm. of my favorite things actually. Like. Tomorrow, if it's not raining, I get to walk. I'm looking forward to it. And that's another thing in recovery that, you know, kept me from the Kardashians. You know, like just getting outside and being in the world and walking around and looking at everything around me and just pondering things. And I know that it works the same way with you, too. I've, I have noticed mm-hmm. in your recovery, you have gotten very introspective and very into doing the work on yourself and being like, what, what makes John tick? Do you know what I mean? Like, what do I have to uh, reconcile with in my life in order to make it work for me better? You well, know? and that those are super positive things. You know? Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you. I, 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 I only continue to do it because I continue to get results that are positive. Right. Right. So, right. Mm-hmm. so I, I think that um, that's part of the part of the insanity of being an active alcoholism is continuing to do this thing, thinking that it will somehow work better if I do it right. more, if I mm-hmm. drink more vodka, if I drink more beer, if I drink, if I, or if I only drink two and a half bottles of wine, that'll be just enough or whatever this sort of this madness, this insanity, you know? And so now like part of my program that I was like, okay, we're going to crack the books and we're going to give it a real honest an objective look and like okay and you know i use the i use the fitness um analogy a lot because i've seen the physical manifestation of the choices that i make you know and mm-hmm. be like when i you know counted that i ate 5000 calories in a day and i was like that's not sustainable <laughs> dude no that's, that's not manageable that's not manageable thank you mm-hmm. that's the word so so i i had to do the same thing with alcohol in in early recovery and then come to find out that um alcohol was and still is like 
one of the smaller it was it was more of a symptom of these other problems of depression and low self-esteem and my own issues with my father and my right. mother and my brother and my family and my um you know my self-worth and that was a big one too like mm -hmm. i don't know how i don't know about you but i always felt like a big piece of shit yeah all the time <laughs> i mean i still do sometimes Right? I just did the other day. Yeah, I was so fucking mad at myself the other What'd day. What'd you do? I, was, I just, I didn't, you know what? They had a big event at the at the shop for Friday the 13th, you know, and they did mm -hmm. discounted tattoos, and I said I wasn't going to do it, so I didn't do it. And then I came in the next day, and they were just like, man, that was the best day ever, and we made so oh. much money, and we had so much camaraderie, and we're all fucking best friends in this get-along gang, and you're just on the outside, you know? Like I felt like I, when I was in school, like just on the outside and I was just like so pissed at myself because my ego was like, how, why would, why would I give people a discount? You know, like, well, I don't want to give people discounts. You know, I don't want to end up resenting these people because I never see them unless they fucking show up for a discount, you know, mm -hmm. where at the end of the day, I should have just done it just to fucking get down with my colleagues and fucking, you know what I mean? Like have something yeah. positive happen. Well, so I was really disappointed in myself. Like, but like, like I was when I was still drinking, like mm -hmm. I surprised myself how mad I was at myself for letting my ego get in the way. And so it still occurs even in recovery. You know, we, we are not immune to those things. Those things still live in your fucking brain. They just, mm -hmm. they take a break. Everyone, they take a long, longer breaks now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said, and you know, I I wasn't there, and I don't know the the dynamics and stuff like that. You know, it's it's always good to find camaraderie, but I find this to be when I when I do these private uh, like catering bartending gigs, and sometimes mm -hmm. I get phone calls and people want to do it, and then I tell them the price, and they they go immediately like, nope, I don't think so, I can't, I'm that's let me just stop you, that's too much. And I always say, oh, okay, well, I could maybe give you the number of some people who might be able to help you for that price, but the service that I give you is just, I can't give you half my service for that, for half the price. Because Correct. I won't be, and that's the other thing you talk about resenting people, you know, if I did it for anything less, I would just end up resenting these people and I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to fucking do it. So right. I, I can appreciate <clears throat> that sentiment of like, I don't want to do spider webs on elbows for half off um right. or whatever it is and not i mean whatever if you got spider webs on your elbows that's 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 your thing i just you know we're talking <laughs> friday the 13th tattoos but right um so i get it i get it but you know sometimes in a different situation and but now you know and for whatever reason you had to go through that experience and feel like shit a little bit you right. probably won't do it again, or you'll have a different thought about it if you do do it again. So yeah, I'll probably work the next one. It just gave me a perspective change. It mm -hmm. just was a really hard smack, you know. It was like, <laughs> yes. like fuck. I thought, but it, I've been kind of going through a depression lately too, though. So mm -hmm. that is also in play with it because I do. I, I get you know, I'm, I have clinical depression. So you know, every few months, like I'll have like a rough couple of weeks, and it gets farther and farther apart. You know, actually, the more recovery I get, the farther apart it gets. But you know, it still hops up, and it's like, hey, you, you're gonna you're gonna feel like shit for about a week, all right? You're just gonna like hate everything and whatever, you know. And I'm like, all right, here we go, you know. And I can feel it in my bones, and I'm like, fuck, you know. I don't want to go through this. I hate this feeling, you know. Yeah. But it, it's part of who I am. It's part of how I work, you know. 
just have to accept it and roll with it. And if it ever gets too bad, go talk to a psychiatrist and, you know, hopefully not have to get on medication. But if I do, I take it, you know, I mean, if I had a headache, I'd take ibuprofen, you know, when I had heartburn, I lived off of fucking Zantac. So, you know, yeah. But I mean that's neither here nor there I guess. I don't it's know. Part I don't... Of, it's part of alcoholism absolutely, but Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking about um like when the depression comes and you know it's coming and you know it's there and it's 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 like okay, this is just how I'm going to feel. Right. And, you know, you say maybe for a week and I try to I always try to like go okay, this is only going to happen for today and usually it'll last like 2 or 3 or sometimes 4 days and it's just right. funky and feeling gross and stuff like that and um, you know, I always try to find somebody, usually my girlfriend to kind of say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling right now. Um, cause I know that you and I both are prone to um, not so much anymore, but to kind of like keep those things guarded. Still, yeah. Yeah. Know? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> um, I guess I would tell you there's not too many people, but I, I just feel like, again, like you wouldn't put it on Instagram. No, <laughs> no, I don't know, man. Like, how do you feel about that? Like, I feel like social media went from, um, maybe this is a little off topic, but it went from like, I'm having a great time on vacation and, you know, like your feet in the sand and a, and a whatever picture in the ocean to like, I have clinical depression and I'm constantly anxious and there's like this sort of weird, um, I don't know this sort of I don't want to discourage anyone from sharing but it always seems like Jesus I want to know like I, I'm always curious like okay if you're depressed or you're feeling anxious aside from sharing a, a meme in your Instagram stories for the next mm-hmm. 24 hours like what do you what do you do and not like in a judgy way not like not like um oh why aren't you fixing it but like, what do you do on a regular basis? Like, what is your, what is your solution for today? You know, and I just, I don't know. I maybe I just need to stop. There's certain meme pages I need to stop following. Yeah, stop following <laughs> those motherfuckers, dudes. I had to block a few of them to make me sad, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get it. Recovery's hard, but it's not hard all the fucking time. Yeah. You know, and it gets easier. That's the thing. That is the thing that I think a lot of people don't emphasize because that it's not funny. Like. It's not cynically funny to say like, yeah, over time it gets easier and things get better. They just keep going like, oh, and you're a newcomer in SpongeBob SquarePants or whatever. And then, and I think they're funny too, because I'm like, yeah, I had a fucking, you know, I was a high bottom drunk and I had a rough time, you know? And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I could stop it before it could get worse. But if I keep drinking, it can get worse. So, Mm -hmm. but at the same point, like, where's the meme where you're, you know, because it's too positive, but our young people, man, I don't get them. <laughs> What's this up isn't with even kids about these kids. days? Yeah, you know, like they're memes and shit. But I think some of them are really fucking funny. But I honestly think it's alcoholism running in tandem with this, with the younger group of people who are raised in social media. You know, it just becomes this big magnifying lens, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure for these for for some people. And yeah, I feel bad for them. My heart goes out to them because I'm like. That is a lot of pressure because I remember having all eyes on me, hating myself and having this dysmorphia of who I was as a person, you know, and thinking I was this just giant shit with legs, you know, and I can't imagine having 10,000 followers on Instagram and 
being like, I gotta keep looking good, you know, or, the, or mm-hmm. they're all gonna they're all gonna leave, you know. I don't know, man. Then put booze on top of that. Then call yourself like fucking at Bill Wilson rocks or something, and then make a fucking sober Bill Wilson sixty nine four twenty, and then they're like, yeah, newcomers be like, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. can't listen to it, can't dude. watch it. Nah, man, I'm like, I don't know, man. Just I, I gotta find some positive. If any of you listeners out there have positive recommendations for like positive Instagram recovery pages that don't get too corny with the lotuses and shit either though because then they're always like every journey is a step you know I gotta find that nice middle line the middle line yeah yeah dude where it's like just cynical enough but also not so cynical that I'm like why the fuck am I even doing this sort of like you know, the like, uh like the Jimmy Kimmel of uh recovery meme pages I think so that's what I'm looking <laughs> is for he the, is, is he the, the sweet yeah. spot of cynicism humor well, it's, and, yeah and yeah because Jimmy Fallon's way too fucking upbeat and well I like Conan too so Conan maybe Jimmy Kimmel kind of Conan vibe you know but with mm-hmm. recovery memes mm-hmm. you know because then you go to the positive pages and they're almost like it's almost like walking into a new age incense shop and you're like, right. you're like oh, I don't really man. belong here then I just feel like a dirty animal in their incense shop, you know, just picking things up and tasting them, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like that weird middle ground. It's 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 so it's so interesting that the recovery community has become big. Not only big, but it's become like so prevalent in our culture that we can have a meme page for fucking getting off a of booze or getting off a of dope, and you know what I mean for like yeah. going into a program. Yeah, it's a trip. Yeah, even the, like the twelve step ones. I'm like, I've been to that meeting, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I'll even write back to those guys and be like, Yo, I'd fucking kick it with so and so all day, you know, like, you know, Crazy Karen or whatever. Oh, I got I oh, know, whoever, you know. I know Meeting Maker Mark. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know what? Let Meeting Maker Mark do his shit, man. If yeah. all he's doing is making meetings and it's keeping him sober, well, let him fucking do it then. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah, I think... You're not the fucking big book police, goddammit. it. Right. Yeah. I think I think the I think <laughs> I think the point of this of this tangent um, that I was that I think we're trying to make here is that it's important to find somebody that you can like that you can confide in and that you can share with and that Word. is not mm-hmm. going to judge you, you know. Like that was a big thing for me because I was scared to say like, well, yeah, I'm gonna quit drinking, I'm gonna get sober, and I'm gonna join this group and I'm gonna change my life. And when yeah. I didn't believe it myself. Right. And right. like it was it was so helpful to be able to find other people who like people who had already done it. Yes. People who would then tell me a story and I'd be like, God damn, how did you dig yourself out of that hole? Right. How, how many how how long did you go to jail for how many how many millions did you embezzle or like what did you you know what i mean like whatever the, yeah. it was something in you know something know. insane and um mm-hmm. like what and so you're here now you don't look like that kind of person and they're like i'm not anymore i was that relatability is uh, crucial and i mm-hmm. think also learning by example some of us mm-hmm. learn by example some of us learn by reading you know and so that's why i'm a little bit of a mixture of both but to mm-hmm. see someone else go out there and do it for me so I don't have to do it. And maybe I had to go out there and do it for someone else, you know, so they didn't have to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's good to see that. It's good to know that, like, you're not the only motherfucker hiding beer in your fucking underwear drawer. You are not the only motherfucker out there who's drank fucking vanilla extract to get loaded. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, dude. You are not the only motherfucker who drank half a fifth before going out to the bar just to feel like a human being, you know? I've I, <laughs> And that one is that's my jam, you know, like so much some of those before. things. Yeah, dude, is just yeah, because it I used to feel more like myself when I drank, which is weird cuz it's like putting on a mask every day and being like this is me now, you know, and then believing it. And then once I got a little bit of time, I I mean, once I fucking, you know what I mean? Got out of the madness, even though I'm still in it. I, f- I feel like me now more than I ever did in my life. Like, I feel like me. And so you I don't know, need to be listening to these motherfuckers who are like, come drink with us, Jerry. Because they're all outside in the front yard right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're eighth, they're eighth graders. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, man. <laughs> no, and yeah. you know what's funny? Like, you say you say that I feel more like myself than I ever, yeah, dude. Than I ever did. And I feel mm-hmm. the same way. And, and... There's all this new shit that's happening, like inside my head and my heart and yeah. in my life, and and mm-hmm. all of this uh, these other things that I'm like, I'll be doing something and I'm like, who is that? And I was like, that's you. Yes, mm-hmm. you. That's you who did that. That's you that thought that. That's you that that you know that made that decision. Like, yeah. oh, okay, that's who I am. And so this, I hate to say it, um, but I'm gonna say it. It that journey of self discovery. <laughs> boom boom there were actually because i don't two think footprints <laughs> i don't think there's any better phrase to to describe it right you know? the one set of footprints is when i was carrying you john yes. <laughs> exactly no but so, you're absolutely right dude you're absolutely so it's right. just like that and it kind of blows my mind you know and i'm like oh okay and i feel better as that person than i ever did ever did when I was drinking and I felt awful and I felt horrible and I cannot believe how many hours in the day I felt like shit and the few hours of the day or night that I was drinking and felt high and elated and just was all just chemicals and you know, it was all just false. It was all just chemical reactions to the poison I was putting in my body for a very brief period of time. Right. And it's just, I don't know. I'm I'm so I'm so much happier keeping the company that I do now than I ever did. I was thinking, you know, we were going to talk about this today and I was thinking about other people that I have drank with and um you know, we uh you remember the manager of the coffee corner, right? Yeah. Uh, so when he and I hung out and he and I I mean, we got along all right. But um, and I don't have a bad thing to say about him, except that we like we kind of like clashed a little bit, Um, but we drank all the time and we hung out a lot. Right. But yeah, I never felt like he was my friend. I never felt like he was a buddy. He was always just somebody who was there after work to go get fucked up with. Yeah. And and once well, once he fired me because I I I didn't even call in sick. I was just I passed out and couldn't wake up. I would drink until. I would sleep through my alarm if I even remember yeah. to said it. But this was one of these examples of, of a of a relationship where it was based solely around alcohol and drugs. And we only got together for alcohol or drugs. There was never mm-hmm. any real connection. And um, I think about the relationships and the people that I meet now, like this guy, Frank. I tell you about the old Irish guy, Frank, who does the Celtic Mindfulness yes. Minutes. Oh, yeah. So... Mm-hmm. He's great, man, and he uh, he's been on the podcast. If you go scroll back to one of the conversations I had with Frank O'Connor, 
He's pretty awesome. Um, and so to meet this guy and for us to go to a, when we did the, um, the refuge recovery meeting and then he and I just, oh, yeah, yeah, we just yeah. sat in the Dunkin' Donuts or whatever and yeah. had coffee and talked and it was like, wow, how cool is this? Like I'm sitting in a fucking Dunkin' Donuts shop in a strip mall with some 65 year old Irish guy talking right. about alcoholism and i'm well, having yeah, a blast just such odd bedfellows do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and your your tie is that you're fucking both drunks mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like whereas actually it would have made sense while you were drinking too because you would absolutely be sitting in the bar with a 65 year old irishman <laughs> drinking as well pretty much but do you know what i mean but it uh-huh. has flipped now because it's like this positive thing coming out of it instead of this this anesthetic thing coming out of it, mm-hmm. you know, this dulling of the senses. Now the senses are being like brought back to life again because yeah. you're learning things from each other, you know, and I learning, think growing. those are some of my favorite conversations is when I learn shit from people. That's why I like doing this podcast because even though, and this is the only other than texting a few times a week, this is the only time we really talk, you know, mm-hmm. and like I learned, we learn shit back and forth. And this also has to do with the whole trying to foster positive relationships and recovery because eventually you start figuring it out you know yeah i you know i would i would encourage anybody who feels um feels lost or alone or um or even just uh confused to find one other person that you can even just it doesn't have to be this sort of weird and it's not that weird but this weird um sponsor sponsy relationship right right um because that doesn't that doesn't work for everybody, you know. And this mm-hmm. whole this whole podcast just started with Jerry and I reading together because we wanted to learn a little bit more about, well, one, you know, the program that we're in, but also right about ourselves and each other and like trying to figure it out and like going, okay, so I've got this, I've got a little bit of time under my belt, and I'm kind of trying to get the idea of this and try to figure out life. And so, I mean, that was it. We did we we talked for like a whole year before we ever hit record. Yeah. Um, so I would encourage anybody to find one person and I don't care what book it is or what, you know, even if you just sit there and talk about wanting to drink as long as you're not drinking. Right. You got yourself, you know, basically you got yourself a meeting and, you know, uh, just finding finding one single person, you know, it doesn't it doesn't need to be some epic, weird um what the fuck is that movie with Robin Williams, <laughs> Captain My Captain? Oh no! What? Uh, not Popeye. No, not Popeye, dude. The the uh, 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 what dreams? Uh, dead come? Dead Poets. Oh, dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. This is what I'm thinking about. You're saying it doesn't have to be this big, crazy, fucking intense Dead yeah. Poets Society relationship. You know, you just gotta. I just think it's really valuable to reach out. Yeah. Just to reach out. Reach out to us, man. I mean. You know, yeah. I may not come to your daughter's quinceanera, but I'll talk to you, you know, mm-hmm. unless you, you got good food at the quinceanera, then I'll probably come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I've chatted with a few people on Instagram who've reached out and it's, it's so, it feel it's, I'm absolutely grateful that, that people, that anybody gets something out of the conversations that we have. Um, I hope they do. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's always, it's always great. And I really, you know, another, another phrase that I, I'm hesitant to say out loud but i think really rings true is find your tribe jerry oh god <laughs> yeah i'm no I'm you're sorry, fucking right but, but oh man i know 
God it's, damn, Dave Matthews Band, dude. <laughs> oh, just getting getting that hacky sack. What would you get, say? Getting that um, sober hacky sack circle. But it's like that. It means whatever you want it to mean, and I know it I don't really know, does. So. I'll, I'll try to figure out a better way to say it. But like, I'm. It's it's the most accurate way that I can think of right now. But get in where you fit in, homie. Okay, there you go. Yeah, get yeah. in where get in where you fit in, homie. Um, but finding people who. <laughs> People who you can be yourself around, right? Absolutely. I'm always trust. laughing at no, this. It's like something that your mom would have embroidered on an apron. Right? Just find like your find your own tribe, you know, or or it would be like a bunch of meerkats on a magnet, like stuck to her fridge. Like find your own tribe and then it's a bunch of fucking meerkats. But it's a great sentiment. That's it's what just I, going. next time I visit you I'm getting that tattooed. Meerkats. Yeah. I want like a silhouette of meerkats. I'll absolutely Find do that shit try. on you. I won't even give you a discount. I'll do it for free. I'll hook you up for free. Um, but yeah, man, like it's I, it's so corny, but it's I don't know I don't know a better way. Find in what did you say? Fit in where you get in where you fit in. Get in where you fit in. You know what I mean? My mom and dad used to always say, "Fake it till you make it, Jerry." Mm-hmm. But that was like getting in there and just pretending mm-hmm. until it felt right. But yeah, I think it's great to get in. Find your own tribe. Find your people that are singing your song, dude. Hey man, you'll find them. They're out there. We're out there. We're out there. The, you, you know, are not alone. The you world, know, like a, the world doesn't move to the beat of just one drum, Jerry. You know. No. Uh. Uh-uh. What might be no, right I for you know. may not be right for some. <laughs> Dude. Um. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't know if anybody's gonna get that. Anybody under the age of like fifty. Uh, it's from different. Uh, I. It's different strokes. Different I know. Strokes, but, but there's gonna be some twenty-four-year-old that there's like what the fuck are these guys doing just look up the uh the theme song to different strokes it'll make your day better um so yeah man um i guess i guess it's just important to not i just don't i just don't put myself in situations with people that i know that are not going to be healthy anymore yeah absolutely i think that is the end all be all of it yes that are unhealthy that's unhealthy mm -hmm, that's a good way of putting it and when i am in those situations with people who uh, even when i'm in a situation with somebody who is positive in my life or, or if i'm hanging out with a friend who i um and something isn't cool with me or there's like a boundary being broached or something like that Right. I feel like I can say something now, whereas before I wouldn't. Before right. I would just kind of like let things slide, and you know, we would always, you know, when we were drinking, it'd be like we'd fucking get drunk and we'd yell at each other and we'd scream at each oh, other. Oh yeah, and then we're everybody so mean to each other. Wake up the next day, and then everybody would just be let off the hook, <clears throat> um, because we were all drunk, and so you would just kind of dismiss it. But I don't know about you, but I always felt kind of like what a fucking asshole. And I would always like have these mm-hmm. resentments about things. Like who does he yep. think he is to be acting that way or, you know, but we would just never say anything cause I was the same way. Right. So finding people to be in healthy relationships, find your tribe and, and you're on your journey of self discovery. Right. <laughs> Get it. The, tri- the tribe is spoken. <laughs> yes. You're off the fucking island. <laughs> the tribe has spoken. Again, for anybody under 40. Right. Uh, there was a TV show called Survivor. The tribe has spoken, and you are off of active alcoholism island. 
Now Thank stumble God. into the sea. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, man, it's uh, I I just really appreciate being able to talk to you once a week, same, and I know that same to you, man. Yeah. I know that if we weren't, even if we weren't recording this, we'd probably be doing the same thing. Yeah, we'd be laughing at each other. <laughs> I'd be, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, so it's important to keep away from the Kardashians and uh, oh yeah, <laughs> keep good company. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at aisforalcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs>